for the Aravipa Cocodona lead-in series. Today, we're joined by two first-timers. We have John Moroshik, who has quite a few accomplishments, and he didn't even run his first ultra until he was 48. It was only three months after a triple bypass. Uh, he's got an amazing partner who's also into the same running shenanigans. And he's a former Minnesotan who moved to Arizona to embrace that heat. And Aaron Barber also joins us, recently won Elephant Mountain 50 miler and grew up in Michigan. So both these guys are from the great north. He's a big nerd, self-proclaimed <laughs> Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Halo, anything. And he tried to go pro in triathlon before getting into trail and ultra running. And everyone knows Bryce Brooks. Well, Aaron once beat him in a sprint finish. So let's dive into it today, guys. So first off, why Cocodona? What brings you to it? It's both your first time doing it. So just fill me in on how you heard about it and why you want to do it. Um, want me to go yeah. first? Um, I guess I heard about it in the fact that I work for Aravipa and um, the first couple of years, I'm, I'm responsible for getting all the trucks packed. And uh, those first couple of years, it required all my efforts and attention to get the, everything out there. Um, but Steve was kind enough to uh, allow me to run it this year, which I had always wanted to. But uh, mainly just something different to challenge yourself, uh, put myself way out of my comfort zone and see if I can do it. What about you, Aaron? Um, yeah, I recently got into uh, ultras. And when I started running ultras, that was really much when Cocodona was announced. And I knew I was going to do it someday. So I just did my first 100 miler in September. And I just said, why not now? Cool. Yeah. And so, John, I want to dive into this. So you've seen the behind the scenes of what goes into making Cocodona happen. So you're packing these trucks. So what's what kind of menu do we have to look forward to this year? Is there any sneak peeks? Um, I, I would have to uh, recluse myself from saying anything about what the menu is. Patty would probably not like that. But uh, no, she's always... Um, putting forth so much effort to take care of all the runners uh, from the front of the pack to the to the back, which can cover days in this event. So she's uh, she's going to take care of us. It's going to be plenty of opportunities to, to take in some delicious calories. Yeah. And so while you've done uh, a number of fixed time events and, and long, long efforts, for sure, 117 miles in 24 hours is pretty crazy as well, and 185 and 48 hours. What do you expect to be different about a 250-mile point-to-point race? What are you um, expecting out there? Yeah, with the, the timed events, are usually a pretty flat course um, out at Camelback Ranch for across the years or at Nardini is where I've done most of them. So uh, just the elevation, the climbing um, is going to be the big thing. Um, I, I did the training run this last Saturday, and there's plenty of climbing, so that uh, definitely taught me a few things to prepare myself for day one of Cocodona. But uh, the one thing that does remain constant is just continuous forward movement, uh, make the most of every minute, and uh, you know, fuel yourself and keep moving forward. Take care of yourself. Cool. And Aaron, for you, what what has kind of gone into this? big 250 mile endeavor that you have going i know we ran some miles at, across the years i'm just wondering uh, how uh, training has been between 
New Year's and uh, now with just a few weeks to go? Uh, training's been awesome. Um, I've got a great coach, uh, Pete Mortimer. So we've been uh, really getting the vert in. That's been the focus lately. Uh, right after New Year's, there was a little bit of a speed block, but recently it's all been volume and a lot of vert and really slowing it down. Um, fortunately, I've always been a pretty, uh, pretty quick hiker. So I'll try to use that to my advantage. And uh, I love the hills. So I, I also did the training run and um, I was... I was impressed. I liked it. I had fun. Yeah, coming from triathlons and really that efficiency, but also in a shorter time, is it quite a different change of strategy with just that, you know, more more concerted movement forward rather than more runnable miles and, and you have some Yeah, bigger... for sure, for sure. I'm used to like for triathlon especially, it's mostly road and it's a lot of like upper zone two to zone four kind of stuff. And, you know, this is all zone one, zone two, um, which is a, a bit different, but um, still the same basis where you're just trying to, like John said, efficiently move forward. Yeah. And so Pete got second in 2021. What advice has he given you that you can give us so that we can only hope to do so well? Um, start slow and go slower and uh, yeah, eat, get on top of nutrition early and then stay cool as well, especially that, that first section. Fortunately, there's some water this year. I can't see it all drying up in the next uh, three or four weeks, um, but I'll probably carry a filter and start early with uh, with keeping cool. Cool, and so let's dive into what your plans are as far as in the crew and the pacing realm. So let's start with you, John, who's gonna be um, in your crew. Yeah, it's uh, at this point really easy, nobody. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that uh, with my experience of doing multi-days, uh, you know, I've done six-day events and no crew, of course, but uh, and knowing, you know, all the Aravipa staff and knowing a lot of local Phoenix uh, runners that'll be out there either crewing mm -hmm. others or working. So I'm, I'm going to try to do it all uh, lone wolf, see what happens. That's <laughs> Stay awesome. tuned. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So are you, is it very concerted effort to get all the drop bags right then so that you're kind of self-contained on anything you could need out there? Yeah, and I guess I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that way. I, I kind of like to think of myself as like a, a running raccoon. I can eat anything, so uh, <laughs> I I'm, I'm, don't need a special diet. I can drink just, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty easy to take care of, I think. So, um, yeah. yeah, I haven't really started working on the drop bags yet, but I, I'm just going to kind of go into it and learn on the fly. So what's the strangest thing or the most, the funniest thing you've eaten during a, a race? Oh, God, I was at um, a 24-hour event over in Wickenburg. It was an event we had a couple of years ago. And I took a break, and I would just every, leave everything on my table. And someone told me they got such a big laugh because I had a can of SpaghettiOs. I had jelly beans, uh, I think like a bush light and a Coke. I mean, just... Yeah, just the worst food possible uh, <laughs> sitting out on the table. So, like I said, I'm just a dumpster diver when it comes to yeah. food. Yeah. Well, if it works, I mean, it works. You it it does. Yeah. yeah it, uh, no GI issues. So, knock on, knock on wood. Yeah. And let's dive into the uh, our pro triathlete here. What's <laughs> your crew pacing strategy? And uh, do you have your nutrition a little more locked in than John over here? Um, I have a crew and it's my wife. Uh, so she'll be, um, you know, hopping around the state and meeting me at different aid stations. Uh, we have a van that I can sleep in, um, as opposed to the, the actual sleep station. So a little bit more 
comfort there. Um, as far as food, <laughs> I'm kind of on John's side where I've got the stomach of steel where I just kind of put everything in, but no, I've, I've, I'll try to focus on, uh, on the good stuff, but, uh, between sports nutrition and, uh, and real food, trying to find that balance. Cool. Yeah. And so speaking of sleep, are, are you guys other than some of the van naps, are you dirt nappers or are you going to pencil out anything or just kind of see how the race unfolds with something so long? Uh, for myself this first year, I'm going to take full advantage of the sleep stations. I'm not going out and trying to do anything big. So um, just wanting to get out there and see the course and see what I'm in for this first year. So uh, I plan to do as much sleeping as I can at the dedicated sleep stations. But certainly if I feel the need, a dirt nap isn't out of the question. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Going out there and getting as much sleep as I can. That's yeah. the quote of the day right there. <laughs> so <laughs> run ultras for the sleep. Yes. All right. <laughs> And the food. Are you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Food yeah. and sleep. And then are you pretty versatile or are you going to try to plan out your sleep, Aaron? Um, that's actually like uh, the part that I'm probably least comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty, it's an unknown for me. Uh, I've kind of gone back and forth of trying to plan things, but um, trying to go through each section. Uh, the pace is going to be so different. I can't even like pencil in a time on when I'm going to be at these places and what time of day it's going to be. So it's going to kind of be a, a wing it type scenario. And we'll just kind of see how I feel and play it by ear. I've also never done anything longer than a hundred miles. So I've never needed yeah. to actually sleep before. So, uh, you know, experiment during the race. That's what they, that's what works, right? Yeah. Coming from more regimented, I guess, training and stuff. Is that something hard or something or like, anxiety inducing or are you looking forward to that kind of wide open swath that you can cover 250 miles however you want to oh no i like i've always been a fly by the seat of my pants person so even in uh triathlon days it was uh i was self-coached and i would just kind of wake up and do whatever workout i felt like that morning like oh today feels like a speed day today feels like an easy day so yeah I mean, it's actually been a, a bit different having a coach that uh that makes me do real things now <laughs> yeah cool and so going into the race what are you guys most nervous about or what is something that maybe it's one of your weaknesses or something that you have some trepidations about headed in John, yeah for say. for me that that weakness was definitely that um training run that climb getting uh 10,000 feet in the first 37 miles um is not my strength so i like we talked about earlier, just really have to survive that. And then later on in the race, I'm, I don't enjoy running in the cold. So as we start approaching uh, Flagstaff, um, I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to have the, the right um, clothing at the right time to, to maintain warmth and, and keep that forward momentum. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? Um, I'm actually excited for the climbs and the, and the change of, uh, mm -hmm. of terrain. Uh, the, the long flat sections is what uh, really wears me out a lot. Um, the sleep and the that that's kind of unknown, so I wouldn't say I'm worried about it, but we'll kind of we'll see how it goes. And then during my hundred, my legs and fitness felt really good, but my ankle swelled up a ton and no real reason other than or I guess just a lot of miles. So yeah. I hope that doesn't happen again. But it's kind of always in the back of my mind, like what if it happens again? That I'm halfway through the race and feeling great. And then something out of my control goes through and I finished it, but it wasn't 
fun by any means, uh, limping, <laughs> limping the last uh, marathon. Yeah. So you signed up for two and a half times that distance. Smart. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what <laughs> A true ultra runner, yeah. And so you guys both recently had eyes on that first 37 miles, and I think it's maybe lost or forgotten since it wasn't part of the course last year. Uh, why don't, John, you start and just kind of give us some insight into what we're dealing with. What's the footing like, the terrain, and you already said 10,000 feet and 37 yeah. miles, and that'd be a hard 50K in itself. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was telling Steve um, when we were done we're sitting at the saloon, I go, we need to make that a, uh, a, a race in itself, a 60K from, uh, from the start to Crown King, because it would have to be one of the certainly the state's toughest and maybe the the toughest in in the country um but yeah the first 11 miles uh, when you're on the black canyon trail and the first part of when you get off that is is nice it's runnable for the most part but um after that mile uh, 10 11 when you start climbing um old deserted mining roads um loose rock a uh, lot of um cat claw you know digging at your uh, shins so um and then the water, even with um, it being cool, it was probably 55, 60 degrees by the time we really started climbing. Um, I ran out of water with about five miles before I um, got to Lane Mountain. And so definitely I, um, I had three and a half liters, which was shy of what they recommend, but I thought we'd be okay. But I'm definitely going to go four, maybe five. And uh, there was enough running water that I think there will still be some on course on race day. So definitely I'm going to be carrying a filter. So uh, definitely be prepared to carry a lot of water or to, to stop and filter water. Yeah. And Aaron, what's the footing in the trail like? Is it pretty loose, rocky? Is it slow going? What, what's it like out there? Very slow and it's very loose. Um, it's not just a gentle grade either. It's pretty pitchy. It can get pretty steep in some spots. Um, and it's just slow, like, uh, even the downhills and the descents, it's not like you can open it up and, uh, and run really until you get to crown King. Uh, cause some of the descents are, you know, 20 plus percent going down, add in loose rocks and all that too. So it, I would just plan on, um, like staying calm and, uh, kind of accepting the fact that it's going to take a really long time. So the downhills are barely runnable at best too. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Really a training run because you didn't get to run too much of it. It's more of a training hike. So very, very little runnable in that first, uh, that first 33 miles up to lane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So in you guys both are in Arizona, so I, I, I'm guessing no specific heat training because you're already uh, training right where it's happening. <laughs> right. Is that yeah. right? Nothing special. Yeah, it's almost 80 degrees today, our first 90s this weekend. So, uh, no, just uh, doing our local training will be us, will get us acclimated for the race. Yeah, okay. And so what are your overall goals for the race? It's beyond finishing. So my personal goal is always to uh, immerse myself in the three-day experience and not let anything like emails or texts or outside worries get in the way of just having that experience. So love to hear outside of that belt buckle what what you specifically want to get out of it um i guess for me uh, like i said this this first year i really want to um get, get get to see the course get to see parts of arizona i've never been to um and uh yeah really just and i don't know if it's possible but try to enjoy <laughs> the, the run try to have as much fun out there as i can and, and try to to live in the moment and make the most of it yeah 
What about you, Aaron? What do you have hope to take away at the end of the day? Yeah, obviously, um, I'd like to finish, but I think uh, aside from uh, you can throw pace and place and all that out the window, but just execution, um, I'd like to, you know, uh, execute to the best of my abilities in terms of like nutrition and uh, and and pacing and and just having a good time out there. Cool. And so another big factor in the race is you do get tired. And while John's goal is to sleep as much as possible out there, uh, what, uh, what kind of sleep deprivation, uh, experiences have you had in the past, John? And do you, do you yeah. expect to have a little bit of the same out there? Um, yeah, when I did, uh, the 2018 across the year six day, um, ended up with 440 miles. And to get to that, I was taking maybe 15, 20 minute naps, um, maybe three or four times a day. I know like the first day, I think I went um, like 30 hours before I ever stopped. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna try to push it that way, but definitely, I, I guess I run until I'm tired. You know, I just listen to my body that way. If I'm starting to stumble around, then it's time to, to just stop and lay down, whether it's at a sleep station or a nice comfortable rock on the trail. Yeah, are you a guy that pushes it into the hallucination stage? In oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, Toucan <laughs> Sam out there on course, and uh, you know, big holes that are on the trail that weren't even actually there. So uh, yeah, I definitely get a little uh, loopy when I push myself. Are there any strategies you have that kind of pull yourself back to reality when you're in the midst of seeing something a little off out there? No, not really. Just go with it. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Thankfully, they're not too scary of a, of a hallucination. So, yeah, I, I usually know that it's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of shake it off and, and, again, just keep moving forward. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? Do you have, have you ventured into the sleep deprivation realm before? Um, almost none. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So, well, uh, yeah, I'm just going to kind of wing it. Okay, cool. Do you have a uh, are you expecting anything? Do you have any Pete giving you any strategies or anything? Do you have a, anything? You're We've been with? talking a little bit about it, um, and then I'm expecting it because just knowing myself, I'm not one to just go like, "Oh, I'm a little tired. I'll take a nap." I'm like, I've always got that competitive spirit in the back of my head, so I mm -hmm. I usually push myself to to where I'm going to be in that zone. Yeah. Do you think the goal will be even if it? gets a little rough and there's five or six miles to go before the van that you'll you'll be trying to push through to be able to sleep there or uh, are you comfortable about the dirt nap strategy as well oh i'm fine dirt napping i prefer the van it's just it's another thing just kind of will play by ear if i if i'm not making like good forward progress it might just be worth it to to take a dirt nap yeah okay and then how are you guys spending the last three four weeks here leading leading up to it are you in the last week of your training, have you kind of slowed down a little bit? Are you uh, trying out any gear or food things? What What do you got that you're tinkering with right now? I'm just kind of continuing to just push through right to the end. Um, I'm going to run the Whiskey Basin 91K next weekend, so it'll be a nice little trip around Prescott um, in a few weeks. But um, other, otherwise, my taper is the week before the race, and that's when I'm going to be busy here at at work at Aravipa packing all the trucks. So I won't be doing much running, but it'll be a lot of physical activity. Um, I sometimes yeah. joke that running the races is easier than preparing for them. Um, so it might, might be nice to come uh, race morning to just not be working and hop off yeah. onto, the, onto the trail. 
yeah, the race week is like your vacation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Time off. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? Are there any things you're tinkering with, figuring out gear, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I've got, I'm pretty set on gear. I've got, uh, this is my last big training weekend. Um, I'm actually going to be camping on course in Jerome and Sedona nice. and, uh, putting some miles in all weekend and then i'll start to taper next week just slowly just a little less volume next week then i actually go to boston for the marathon i'm not running it but uh <laughs> i've got family and friends running it uh so i'll be out there for some vacation and then uh just kind of taper away to to race day cool yeah well i mean excited to share some miles with you guys out there and uh yeah get getting ready for this Big old thing one more time. I can't believe I keep going back. It's a pretty <laughs> special course. Um, yeah. Anything else you uh, you want to share as we uh, wind this thing down? Oh, I uh, again something I mentioned to Steve uh, Saturday night when we were waiting for the shuttle back to Phoenix. But I have uh, renewed respect for anybody that's run this um, the first year, especially with that that first segment. Um, not only that's run the race, but anybody that's ever completed the training run, I think is uh, is just amazing. So uh, yeah, kudos to anybody that's out there towing the line, taking on this monster. Yeah, no, it's going to be a fun party, but it's going to be well earned. So. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Any any parting words of wisdom or Star Wars quotes or anything <laughs> like that, Aaron? Not <laughs> so much. I'm super excited. Uh, it's pretty much all I've been able to think about the last couple weeks. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, yeah, this is the men's first timer Cocodona <laughs> 250 Air Vipa series. And I look forward to starting this race with you and seeing what happens. Let's see you out there. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see you guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys.